Folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live. Hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday evening. I know we are. Uh, man, what a, what a great show, Brian DeCarpenter, so far. Uh, heard from uh, Timmy Horton about his win. Really cool stories, too. A little behind-the-scenes mm. stories that you wouldn't really hear of. And sure. We're, we're hearing about them here on Ike Live, so it was cool. I didn't know anything about the behind-the-stage. Yeah, it was uh, pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. I, and I, I knew what happened. He disappeared and... You know, there were people, thousands of people out there like, you know, what what the heck's going on? But right. I knew exactly what happened. He ran after Ott, and that was that was cool to see that. Because that is a tough moment. Cause tough moment, yeah. Both guys are on pins and needles, right. especially when you don't know and it's that close and yeah. you hope it's going to go your way. And, yeah. and boy, and, and to be honest, when you finish second, it is miserable. Oh, uh, it's tough. It's I mean, tough. they yeah. whisk you off the stage. They kick you to the curb whisk. in two seconds. And... uh Beat yeah, it's it, pretty hard being in second place. They said beat it. Yep, they say beat it, and they mean it. Beat it, beat it. Uh, we're going to have uh, – this is pretty exciting because in a couple minutes here, we're going to get Jacob Wheeler on the phone, and we're going to talk about his big win at Cherokee Lake. But before we do that, uh, we do this little thing here every Ike Live show, and we're going to do one right here. We're going to do a live unboxing of Mystery Tackle Box. And let me remind everybody, we've got a special little promotion and contest going on with Mystery Tackle Box. Uh, if you sign up right now and use the code IKELIVE, you get 50% off your first Pro Box. 50% off. This thing's got $50 value. You're going to get 50% off that box. And also, if you sign up, you're going to be put into a little contest, and we're going to pick two winners and they're going to win a signed T-shirt and a signed mystery tackle box. So it's a great price. Uh, great price. So uh, sign up. Type in Ike Live. Fifty percent off your first box. Pete, I'm excited. This is a pro box. Let me uh, let me break the seal officially here. Okay. And we're going to do our unboxing. And is that? <laughs> <laughs> are you all, why are you always messing with me, man? <laughs> what you get? What, I don't know why you gotta mess with me all the time. Get a real snot t shirt? Alright, let's not I don't think that was part of the box. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Let, let's just go through. We're, we're gonna go ahead and go through this box. Why, why was that in there? I don't know, maybe it is. Uh, Dummy? <laughs> you just took a giant shit on give it away. I don't. All right, whatever. Let's not. Let's not talk about it. It was taped with security tape. <laughs> Stop messing with me, man. All right, here. I, I want to grab a bait out of this mystery tackle box pro box. I'm going to pass it to Pete, and I'm, we're, we're each going to talk about one thing out of this back. And I grabbed a. Uh, it looks like a pack of swim baits here. Really cool, and we always talk about this, Pete. This is one of the keys. I want everybody watching and listening to know the great thing about Mystery Tackle Box, especially this Pro Box, the Black Box, is that there's a lot of cool stuff in this box that you would normally never buy on your own. And this is the concept of Mystery Tackle Box I love. It's forcing you to try new baits, new colors, new shapes. Uh, And this is a really cool little swim bait. Um, this is by a company called B8 Lab, and it looks like a, a watermelon red flake, 
swim bait, but the one thing I noticed about this, really cool, and again, I wouldn't normally throw this, it's got a lot smaller little uh, tab tail on it than what you normally see on swim bait. So, you know, clear water, more subtle swim bait. Yeah, lighter line. Lighter retreat. line. This might be a gray bait. So that's that's the first thing. Pete, what do you got? I, I've got a crankbait, uh, Skinny Bear Company. Um, it's called a Speedy. And it, it oh, Speedy, wow. <laughs> it looks like a speed trap. It looks like it does it, look it has, like a speed trap. Can I Lord, see that? Lord Jensen speed trap style body, but wow. a, but a different style lip. It's kind of a square bill. Wow, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's got a kind of a roundish speedy. Yeah, but it looks like a little speed trap. Ooh. Tight little bait. It's a cool little bait. Dave, what do you got going yeah, on I'm, out of the pro well, box? So Pete, I watched him like peel through things and leave me with the. Okay. <laughs> so. That's what it's like at my I'm house. I'm going to choose the one that I personally <laughs> like, and this company has been feeding anglers since 2004, and that's this Livingston Shallow Diving Crank. Oh, Livingston bait. Cool. Hold yeah. up really no, far like forward since you're at the far end of the I, couch I and we can't see you. enjoy Brian talking over my description of our sponsor's product, and uh, <laughs> this Shallow Diving Crank bait's pretty sweet, man. Can't say it. Cool. <laughs> Mystery Tackle Box, uh, the little Livingston, another little, little speedy bait in there. Pretty cool. Cool. You guys want to sample some back there, or what do you got? Yeah. yeah. Right, come grab this box. Look at a couple baits. I'm surprised my box actually makes it into the house. I'm worried, like, that's actually a pretty cool. One of the bait, neighbors yeah. is gonna come and pilfer my mystery tackle box. I want him to put it in a brown brown wrapping. So right, you're worried. <laughs> I'm worried. Yeah, I'm worried somebody's gonna get it. You're but right. I know where you live. If your neighbors think their golf balls in there, they might come steal it. They're not stealing <laughs> fishing tackle. You know what I mean? I got a new neighbor right next door. He's got a fishing boat. He's, yeah. He's he's gonna, wow. He's gonna be coming over stealing that box. Oh, so okay. I'm gonna get special wrapping. All right, guys. What do you got back there? You got anything you want to display out of the mystery tackle box? Yeah, I want to see that thing. Which one? We already held it all up. I want oh, to see did. that speed trap. Okay. Or what would that skinny bear? Skinny bear. Skinny bear. Skinny, skinny bear. bear speedy. Two point five. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we love get. We I love getting those. I mean, it's it's kind of a you know be honest, it's a really cool thing for me and my son. I always joke my son steals all the lures, and he does. But it's something that me and him do together. You know what I mean? Because he's busy playing video games, playing with the neighbor's kids next door. But we get a little special moment because we get to open up this box together. You Does know? he lay his tackle out and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. yeah. He collects. I mean, he's got it all. He's taken over my toolbox, one of my big craftsman toolboxes, and all the tools are out. And it's all all his lures are organized That's and cool. placed. Because yeah, God there. forbid you give him one of your 7,000 Plano boxes or Flambo boxes you got laying around. <laughs> it's, Make the kid no. lug around a 40-pound metal box. <laughs> we, Come on, We man. threw out the Plano. Plano boxes. We got all flambos at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. You could have gave them the trash Plano ones. <laughs> uh, we have a good time with it. Yeah, I bet. I got to get careless. Is that right? Careless. Careless about it totally. There he is. He's all. He's all into wrestling. He's in wrestling. All right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep the show moving along, and uh, I, I'm excited about this next guest. He's been on the show. A bunch. We've had him on Ike Live a bunch from the very beginning. Uh, happy to have him back on the show. And coming off a huge win, Pete. Uh, monster win. A, a monster win. Um, not, not only the first of his elite career, but the first elite tournament of the year. And you guys talked about it on BU Live last week, but winning on a really unorthodox technique 
that people are going gaga over. And I, I want to dive into that a little bit. It's going to be exciting to hear about that technique as well. It's, um, it was a battle. It's a battle. I mean, the, you know, oh, guys yeah. were jumping around that top five spot. Oh, that was a close one. That, that Ounces wasn't a, separated that everything. That was a tournament that blows it away. That was a nail-biter to the very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to hear about that. And and joining us, we're going to find out where he's at. I don't know if he's home, if he's traveling. We're going to find out in a second. Join us live is the uh, champion of Cherokee Lake, Jacob Wheeler, everybody. Jake! What's up, guys? What's up? How you doing? Where you be right now? Where you be? I, I'm on the shore of Toledo Bend. Wow! A little That's pre-practice in Toledo Bend. How's things going nice on Toledo to be. Bend? Yeah, I- I, I actually just got down here. Just got. Uh, I, I drove last night uh, or yesterday evening. I just got done with the Rapala Storm uh, Media Day or media, a couple of media days uh, there in Benville Plantation, then um, drove straight to uh, straight to Florida or straight to, to Texas and been looking around down here. I just got down here about noon today. Cool. How's the lake level? Is it uh, high like it was last time we were there? Or is it about about normal or how's the lake level doing? It's um actually it's 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 actually like two foot lower than I think when you guys were here last. Wow, it is lower. Okay. So it's it's a little bit lower. Yeah, it's hmm. a little bit lower. But I think I don't I don't, I actually haven't fished down here a lot. And I fished Sam Rayburn quite a bit, but I have not fished on Toledo Bend that much. So I wanted to come down and and just run around the lake. You know, the Toledo Bend is a different body of water. You know, the thing is there's so many boat lanes and this and that. So just learning how to run around is important, you know, especially with two and a half days of practice. You need to know those things where you're not wasting half your day of practice just trying to figure out and making sure you're not hitting stumps and whatnot. Yeah, that's that's pretty key. Now I, I wanna I wanna ask you, we're probably about three weeks, four weeks past your victory, but are you still riding high on that win? Or, or you have you keeled out a little bit after Okeechobee last week? <laughs> I've keeled out quite a bit. You know, <laughs> obviously, I mean, you're only good as your last event. I always look at things. I try to, um, you know, I, I, I you just continue to try to work hard and get ready. But uh, you know, that that event was awesome. I mean, you, there's no doubt. But you know, with the events being back to back and a lot of those events, you don't you don't have time to really enjoy them. You know, you start to enjoy those those wins a year after you, it happens. You know, you don't normally you enjoy them during the moment, but you don't realize what happened until probably a year later. So, yeah. um, it's always fun. It's always surreal when the when it's your time to win, it's going to happen. And um, it was it was crazy that event. I mean, it was the closest event that I've ever won. That's for sure. Yeah. Now, I, I want to fill everybody in on a little something, and 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 you know, there, there's a lot of game playing that goes on, and you, you learn how to read people. And I remember I saw you at the pre-registration in line, and I went up to you and I said, "Dude, I said I had I had the absolute worst practice. I'm sucking ass." And but but I but I'm like looking at you. And you didn't say whether you had a good practice or a bad practice. You just didn't say anything. And I was like, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, Jake's catching him. Like he's on it because when you don't say anything, you're usually catching him. But you looked at me and you're like, ah, you're bullshit. You know you're going to catch him in this tournament. And yeah. I ended up catching him, but exactly. I I really had a bad practice though. Well, whenever you do that, whenever you whenever you start talking this and that, you always and you're catching him. You always try to make it about the other guy. So you make sure to keep ask, asking a lot of questions. That's my but, that's sneaky. That is sneaky. That is sneaky. But my point that's the key. That's, that's the key. That's the key. You keep talking about how how they're oh man, really? No way. 
man. Yeah, You're going to catch him. It's okay. You're going to catch him. <laughs> but here's the point. Now, going into that event, obviously you had you you knew you had a decent practice, but did you think you yeah. had a chance to win going into that event, or were, you know, no. how, how did it translate? Absolutely, absolutely not for me personally. No, I mean I, I did not. I didn't. I didn't think that I was um, in a position, you know, to necessarily win. I definitely felt like I was on some fish, and I had a lot of places to fish, and that was really important. But um, you know, I figured I'd have a good event. Whenever you have a good practice, you know, a lot of times, you know. You don't like, and I had a decent practice. The first day I only had, though, you know, first day of practice, I only had like eight or nine bites. Second day, I probably had twenty bites. Right. So I was, I was being a little bit more dialed in, and then the third day, I had, you know, probably fifteen more bites. And, I, and yeah, so I had a lot of places, but I did, you just never know what you can get on an offshore event. It's so weird because you never know how it's going to transpire. If you can even get on the places you found, yeah. Or, like, I mean, there's just so much. Too, there's so many more variables than just running down the bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it, it's you know, you might there might be ten boats on every place that you wanted to be on, and they just stay there the whole day, and you never get a chance to fish them. Yeah. So you really just never know what's going to happen. Um, and, and fortunately, you know, getting out there day one, I, I fished a couple community places that I thought were going to get beat up pretty bad, caught some fish, and I was able to to save a few places throughout the tournament, you know, and really beat up on those community areas. And save some of the good stuff for later. Yeah, that's management is so key in these tournaments. Now, I, I need to know. I want you to talk a little bit about um, the Demiki rig. I, I know that was part of your yeah. arsenal. There was a couple other key baits, but outside of yeah. a couple hundred guys in Tennessee and probably half <laughs> of the elite field before your win, nobody knew what the hell the Demiki rig was. Uh, talk, talk yeah. a little bit about. You know the rig and how you rigged it. There's little variations on it, but I want to hear about mm-hmm. the rig, how you rigged it, and then how you used it. Because a lot of our viewers and listeners right now still have no idea what the hell the Demiki rig is. So talk <laughs> about that a little bit. You know, really, it was so funny. I showed a buddy of mine um, the, the the bait, and I said, I showed him like basically what I was throwing. I was throwing a three eighths ounce uh vmc moon eye jig head with the big giant eyes and i was actually throwing you know a Demiki armor shad um and a couple other little small little fluke style baits um but it was sort of funny because i showed him a buddy of mine that i crappie fish with back home and i showed him the bait i said it's a pretty big deal in east tennessee and i catch him you know a lot of smallmouth doing this and he's like dude we can catch some crappie on that dude that's a dang crappie jig he's like what the heck are we doing what the heck you know and he's sort of laughing and chuckling and um, you know, and it's just something that, you know, I think it was a lot. The reason it was such a big deal in those areas of the country, uh, and especially that area, is there's so many threadfin shad in that lake. And a lot of them yeah. are only that, you know, two and a half to three inch size. Um, and, and there's only so many things you can do to really mimic that, that, that little shad. So, um, you know, those fish, you got to think about this. Okay. So Cherokee is a lake that's getting drawn down at the end of the year. Uh, get strong down 25, 30 feet. So those fish were deep. Um, you know, even though we had some warmer temps and the water was in the 50s, those fish know better. I've seen this day in and day out with water lakes that have been drawn down. They don't make their move shallow a lot of times. Uh, you know, there's going to be a few of them that do, and there's going to be a few large mountain smallmouth that are up there. But the big core group of fish aren't going to go shallow until that water starts to rise. And that wasn't happening. Listen, the days weren't long, getting longer, and the water wasn't starting to rise. It's very similar, like even on Chickamauga. You know, if the water doesn't come up, 
that the water there's fish that wait until June to spawn until the water's completely up. Right. So it's, it's interesting. So, I, so knowing that that lake, I knew that this fish would probably be deep. Um, and the key technique, you know, obviously that Demiki rig um, was was super important. And that key technique with it was basically getting over the top of those individual rocks. You know, I'm not talking about you might have 50 rocks on a flat. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a couple of them that might be a little bit larger, or there might be a little cluster of them. And those smallmouth were set up on those places that were, you know, basically where you would imagine, okay, where rocks go to nothing, where there's sand to rock. Because basically they could ambush anything that was around those areas. Sometimes it was a hole. Sometimes it was the side of a point where it dropped off. But you could actually visually idle over those places and see those smallmouth down there. And then when you did... You would go down and you back back over. You go back over and whack your icon on your lance electronics. You drop down and you see your bait the whole time, and you stop it. And the key was stopping that bait two feet above their head, two or three feet above, above their head, like ice fishing. And, and one thing that I noticed throughout that is when you shake that bait, I would shake it in the initial to get them to, to, to come up, and you never would want to drop that bait below them or drop it down towards them. And that was something that if you kept it coming up you would get more fish to come up and actually bite it yeah. than you would if you dropped it back further down there towards them. They knew it wasn't real. Think about it. If Shad's not going to go swim in front of a small mouse's mouth, I mean, they're going to swim away. Right. So they made it more natural if you would continue to keep it up higher above them um, that really triggered those bites. That, that That's interesting because it's a lot – as you're describing this technique, it's a lot like ice fishing. Mm-hmm. It's the same dynamic yeah. in ice fishing because I've done it a handful of times up with the Rappel and VMC guys, and it seems like the only time you can get them to bite through the ice is if you keep them coming up. When you drop it back below them, you're, you're screwed. You know what I mean? But it's if you keep them coming – you you get those fish and, and bites. And it's it, very similar. And it, and it's the opposite of what a, a typical angler's instincts would be. Right. Right. The, right. Which which you, you want to drop it down to them instead of bringing it up. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But getting those smallmouth to chase, we do it in the warm season. Yeah. Right by fishing high up in the water column, getting them yeah. to feed up. Yeah. But it was really interesting to watch you call your shots, and we saw a lot of the guys do that. Yeah. I mean, we we yeah. had we had Jamie Hartman on, and he talked about fishing off of his electronics and he noticed a color change right before the fish would strike because that fish was like right in the cone it, it gave the strongest the strongest right. read and he could tell when that fish was dialed in on his bait and he felt like you know the strike what were you seeing because you called your shots a couple times too i mean what were you seeing uh that let you know you were going to get a bite well, without a doubt, that was a huge ordeal. I mean, before I would actually, I would graph around my my electronics. I have my 2D, I have my Lawrence HCS12 with an HCS9 up front, and I would have my mapping and I'd have my icons, and I would go to an individual rock or individual place where I seen them, and I would drop down, and, and when I would see them, I would wait until my 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 um, my electronics would show me the most defined color of that fish where it was most defined arch or, or dot on that fish because i mean obviously okay when you are further away your cone's very big it was sort of like jamie hartman was talking about the further they're away the more black bluish they're going to be that little streak the 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 more they're directly underneath your cone the more of like whether depending on what palette you're using it's going to be an orange or a red yeah or something very similar to that they're going to be yeah. more defined and that was probably one of the biggest keys in getting bit because I wouldn't make my drop. Even if I seen them, 
I'd see them, I'd go and I'd make my troll motor try to figure out where they're at. And once I found where they're at and I had the most defined, you know, I knew they were directly underneath me, I would make my drop. Wow. And, and that was really important because when you make that drop, that you know it's directly above their head. They don't have to swim 10 feet to come get it. It was right above their head and they would come up bite. Yeah. And I think that was a, that was something that happened uh, a lot throughout the tournament. A lot of guys would just see a fish, and, and, and I would use, you know, I would use some of my, like my electronics. I would actually use 83 kilohertz over 200. There's like high chirp, there's low chirp, there's a lot of different settings. But I would use 83 kilohertz because it was a larger cone, which I could see them, you know, 10 feet away to the right and 10 feet away to the left, and then I could go over there and find and catch them. You know, so that was something. You know, another little deal that I was able to set my electronics wow. to 83 kilohertz. Yeah. allowing it to be a larger cone and actually be able to see more around me um, to where I could actually go and actually fish for an individual fish. And there was no doubt. You know, a lot of those fish would come up, they would look at the bait, and they would go back down. I mean, there are some things you couldn't do. Some fish were going to bite it and some fish weren't. But it was all about content. And you know what it seemed like? Once they actually came up and looked and went back down, they were that wasn't going to happen. They weren't going to bite it. You know, it was, it was done. Yeah. Um, the more fish you had, too, the more fish that were there, obviously the better off, more competition, and vice versa. Now, I did actually catch two or three fish, but I dropped it below them. But the only time I caught them when I dropped it below them was when they came all the way up, you know, I'm talking seven, eight feet off the bottom, dropped it below them to make them a cat and mouse game. Once they committed to it and I dropped it below them, that's actually I, I caught two of them below them. Um, on that Demiki rig. And I would actually also, also catch him on that little jigging wrap, a number five and a number seven. If I couldn't get him to eat that Demiki, I could get him to throw that jigging wrap and, and jig that up and down. Um, fishing it very similar, not moving it a lot until the fish came up to, to look at it and then you working it uh, sort of like a bait fish would be running away. Yeah. Pretty, pretty killer. Stuff. I mean, a great example of, you know, we talk all the time about how electronics are important. But man, what a great highlight for. <laughs> electronics and you know Lawrence in this tournament for winning the event helping you win the event in fact I, I talk a little bit about that last day Jake how much did you fish and how much did you idle give us a percentage of how much you fished and idled on the last day of that tournament okay so obviously the last day you know I knew I needed a big bag and you know I the one thing that I've noticed you know any offshore event whether it's Kentucky Lake or whether you're you're up on Lake Erie or on on Cherokee, is the fish constantly move. You know, there are lots of time. You know, in some places they'll be in certain little areas. And in Kentucky Lake, I'll fish all day, and, and I won't make the cast until I see them. Uh, even if I caught them there in practice, a lot of times I won't make a cast until I just find that right group and catch them. So I, I use a little bit of what I know offshore fishing on Kentucky Lake and what on Cherokee, and, and or on on Chickamauga, and used it sort of on the smallmouth side of things. And it just kept constantly idling places looking for fish. And I would say probably I spent, I'd probably say 35% of the time, maybe 40% of the time I spent idling around. Wow. Um, and, and the reason for that was because I knew once I found them and I seen what I knew, I, I, I've been out there enough. I knew that, hey, if I see them on the graph and I see four or five of them uh, down on the down scan and I mark them, I turn around, I'm probably going to catch them. Yeah. So. You know, and I also knew I needed a large, a big bag of them. So I, I would graph a little bit around some areas that I, I caught some fish in practice or caught some fish in tournament and just lost them or haven't seen them again since then, trying to find where that group had get low on. Yeah. And and one of the biggest things was the last day, and I graphed over this place, and I, I've been fishing it for a while. Actually, three or four guys have been fishing the same area. 
and I rolled over the place going to another little icon and I seen I seen like a little pile of them down there on the bottom and they weren't there were so many of them there I almost thought they were hybrids but they were set up perfectly along the bottom very much so like a school would be on Kentucky Lake and I just told DK I said buddy I said, I'm pretty sure I know what those are. I said, you better get that camera rolling. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was every single drop. Wow. For, I mean, 20 drops. Wow. That, that wow. That's so impressive to me because it's so hard. to For me to idle and practice, I, I'm okay with that. But in a mm-hmm. derby, it's <laughs> yeah. so hard for me to look at that graph and not fish because there's so much urgency on that last day. Yeah. You've got an eight-hour mm-hmm. day. You see your minutes ticking away, dude. I don't want to be idling. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be fishing. You know what I mean? That's so. That's hard to do. Yeah. Hey, everybody watching, let me remind you. Uh, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on the IM board. If you're watching through Facebook Live right now, just want to give you a heads up. If for some reason our feed drops out. Just go over to IkeLive.com and you can continue to watch. Uh, Eric, we got some good questions coming through yeah. for Jake. Yeah, we do, especially since we're on this subject. We got a question from my buddy Trevor. He says, when you get a less defined picture on an arc on 2D, is there any way to tell whether the fish is in front of, behind, or you know, to the left or right of the cone? That's, I mean, that's actually a really good question. One way, I, what I do personally is I'm always... You, Whatever way your troll motor is, is pointed, a lot of times you're going to get a more defined picture. So if I see that that dot, I might you, I'm, I'm scrolling around my troll motor. I'm going back and forth to the left, to the right, trying to find that fish to find get that defined line. And and if I say he's over there to the right, and I point my troll motor over to the right, my my line more than likely, unless he's moving. Now there's a lot of variables with this. Unless he's moving, if he's staying put then more than likely it's going to be more of a defined line over to my right where he's at. So, like, if you have your troll motor, point your troll motor where you think the fish is, and most of the time you're going to get a little bit more defined line. You can troll over that way and then, you know, make your drop and catch this fish. Wow, good question. Good question. What else we got back there? We got another one coming through? Yeah, something slightly different. Can't hear you. Hold on. Water wants to know if you're moving from Indiana because he kicked your ass on Geist Reservoir. (laughs) <laughs> what was that? Say Mid- that again. Midwest Mudwater wants to know if you're moving from Indiana because he kicked your ass on Geist Reservoir. Who was the guy? Midwest Mudwater. Midwest he's not, he's not Mudwater. Giving, he's not giving us a name, but he's saying he kicked your ass oh. on Geist Reservoir. Somebody kicked your ass on Geist. <laughs> Man, that, that, is a, that is. I've only fished about and I've only fished about ten derbies out there um, in the last probably ten years. No, probably the last five years. That's a good life, though. I've actually had – I've, I've gotten a, butt, a couple of butt whoopings, but I think I'm like eight and eight and ten in the last ten tournaments. So I'm, I'm not – he might have got me eight of He might have got me on one of them or two, but I, I, I got him on one of them. I'm sure I got him on another one. Yeah. <laughs> so ten derbies, 400 suspects. Great question, yeah, guy. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> fucking asshole. Give your name yeah, next time. <laughs> and he wants to call you out but yeah, not I give his name. That guy's hiding behind the internet. Yes. He's yeah, hiding. Like, He's hiding behind the internet. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Dude, really no, no, no. seriously, I caught, I, caught, I caught five fish off that lake. I caught five fish off that lake that would be 30 and a half pounds. 30 and a half. Wow. Wow. Wow, that's so a big that's bag. That's a heck of a lake. That's a good lake. Fish a tournament, fish a tournament last year with my, with my girlfriend. I did fish one. I only fished one or two a year. I've only fished a few a year, like little Tuesday nighters. Fish with my, with my fiance now. We had like 20 and a half. So it's, it's a really good fishery. 
but there's they, they, everybody keeps I mean, everybody's really I mean on top of it out there. It's like it's like uh, a Bassmaster Classic every Tuesday night. Yeah. Man, well, that, that's a good one. Uh, I got hold, hold on one second. Brian Carpenter, are you gonna? Do you wanna? Uh, what do you What do you got? All right, we're we're gonna reconnect real quick. We just okay. the Skype feed got a little shaky. We'll chop Brian's up. gonna do, dump him, uh, dial him back up here in a second. Did you Did you have something you were you're gonna you're gonna bring to uh, Jacob yeah, when he comes back? I got I mean, a, I just I understand he just celebrated his 16th birthday and he's won everything in fishing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Please say that when he comes back. <laughs> Please say that when he comes back. Oh, because we do have some interesting stats here. Uh, a- after you run that past him, I, I, we do have some stats here. That, that I mean, I it's it's about. insane. It is it's true. Insane what it he's, is what he's very, doing. very. It's very, very true. So, okay, I think we've got him back. We've got him back on the line. A little technical difficulty from Toledo Bend. Jacob Wheeler's joining us. All right, Jacob, P- Pete's got a question for J- you. Jake, I was just going to ask you. I, I understand you just celebrated, I think, your 16th birthday, and you've won everything <laughs> in fishing. How, how are you doing it? How are you doing it at, at, the, at this young age? It's incredible. <laughs> All right, hold on. Before you answer that, let me give you the stats real quick. Um, Bass stats, 26 events, two wins, 19 in the money. FLW stats, 49 events, three wins, including, of course, the All-American and the FLW Cup. Wow. And and he's actually not 16. He was, <laughs> by the way, he was born in 1990, which yeah. is the freaking year I graduated high school! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, th- those are those are amazing stats. Absolutely amazing stats, man. I I know we we talked about Roland Martin. He won the first two of the three professional events he fished. You've won the first two of the three elites that you fished. I mean, you're you're off to an a, just an incredible start. I I I, I mean, it, is it surreal to you? Did you expect this, or how are you pulling this off at such a young age? Um, you definitely don't expect that by any means. There's no, there's no doubt that um, the way things have unfolded over the last handful of years. I mean, thinking about back when I was 19, I, I could only, you know, I could only dream that I would be fishing professionally, let alone have this kind of success. Um, and, and I, I mean, it's so hard to like. I mean, you would never. And while while you're like doing well and you're you're fishing well, it's it sort of a. It's, it's not like you don't even realize that you're doing it. Like. You know, I had a, I had a tough event at Okeechobee, and and uh, my fiance she she called me up and like the first day I had seven pounds. I was sitting there and I was just I wasn't I was I was mad about the decisions I made throughout the day because I knew I, I tried to do something or you know whatever. Long story short, I had a bad day, and fiance calls me up and she's like, "Are we are you okay? Like, are we okay? Because I, I hadn't missed a check ever since we." We've been dating, so she was a little bit spoiled by that. I'm like, no, this is this is not this is actually normal. Like, you don't always <laughs> so, like I've been so fortunate. So, like, are we okay? Like everything okay? Like are we are, are you okay? Did the broke break down? What happened? I'm like, no, actually, this is what actually sometimes you're not gonna catch them. I'm like, so that's how like I didn't you don't realize that, but that's that's how like it's been the last couple of years. Just like anything you do, like it seems like it's right and it and it, and it clicks and. And, like, you know, you're not always going to make top 10 or top 12, but if you can consistently be in the top 40s and top 50s, I mean, it's so hard to do with the competition out there. And, I mean, I think the biggest thing, I mean, I, I mean, momentum is crazy. I mean, I can you know, I mean, you, you, might, you know more about that. I mean, momentum is just huge in the sport. Yeah. And if you keep going rolling and keep fishing, it's just, 
I mean, you don't even realize it's happening while it's happening. Hey, Jake, if she's counting your money as fiancé, you better get yourself a good prenup attorney. Cause we'll be- <laughs> 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 that is another 10 grand he didn't make. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Now, I, I got to tell you something. I, I, some. I think I talked about this before, but I want to talk about it again. And Brian DeCarmen, to remind me of this, because we're going to try to dig up this footage by the next show or two. Uh a while back, maybe a, uh, let's go to say two, three, four, or five years ago, I had a TV concept show that I was trying to put together with a friend of mine from New York City, and it was a concept show called King of the Cast. And in this show, we had really young, talented anglers submit video on why they should be on this show, King of the Cast. And the winner of this show was going to get a berth into all the opens. And I remember uh, Rich would send me only the best highlight reels of videos that he thought, man, these are guys that we want on this show. And one of the videos that he sent me was this really young kid. And I distinctively remember, and I didn't even know who you were at the time, but I remember watching this video. I'm like, man, this kid, he's got the energy. I like this kid's energy. And it was you, Jake. You sent us a video. Uh, that's amazing. And, and what I love it about was. it, dude, what I love about it is you, in the video, you distinctively said, you're like, I'm going to be one of the best. I'm going to win, you know, I'm going to win the classics, and I'm going to win. And you freaking did already. Do, do you remember that video? Do you remember that? Man. Dude, I remember it. I remember it. That was before I even fished my first VFL, believe it or not. I never <laughs> said that. I do remember that. Wow. I, I do. I do. I remember, I, I might even have that specter on. We, we want that footage. Right we yeah. need we, that footage. We need it. I'm almost positive I have it. I mean, I'm just embarrassed to look and see what it looks like. I, I, I remember it almost. I remember it very vividly. I'm sure I do. It might even be on YouTube. I'm not even positive. Wow, we gotta find that, Brian DeCarpenter. We're going on a mission to that's find that. That's crazy. Though. I do remember. I, I remember. That's crazy. That is crazy. But I was that, like probably 17 or 18 years old. Yeah. 16, 17, 16, 17, somewhere in there. But like, regardless, it was it sort of and that's what that's what's so crazy is like. I mean, that was you know that was a few years ago. That was whatever like nine, eight, nine years ago, and that's what's so crazy how long. I mean, it, how how crazy the, the things have changed in the last. You know, short amount of time. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, you uh, had had uh, Jeremy McInnes and Bass Pro Shops not stole that idea, you would have been on the show. So, just real quick, let you know. Uh, <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> I had to get that out. <clears throat> Feels good to get that out. Um, I, I got two other things I want to talk to you about. One is uh, why we're still on the Cherokee Lake Tournament. You were on, and Brian DeCarpenter made this note, and it's a great note. You were on our New Year's resolution show. And one of the things you talked about on your as a New Year's resolution was, you know, you maximizing your practice time, you know, really spending a lot of time working hard, preparing for each event. And like literally the first event of the year you won. Do you attribute a lot of that practice and work to your win at Cherokee? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's, there's no doubt. I mean, the thing is, on that lake, um, you know, and, I, and I say this, I've said this multiple times, it's one of my favorite quotes, but you have to prepare. I mean, you have to prepare to win 
And, and you know, you know what? Everybody wants to win, but preparing to win is the key. And putting your time in and work ethic, I see this for so many people. No matter what you do in life, it, it's about working hard to get that and to achieve your goals. Now, that might mean you have to spend every single day for the whole year for five years to make it happen. But you have to be willing to, you know, to do that if you really want something. And so for me, you know, that event is, it was a special event that a long period of feed practice would be beneficial because the fish were going to probably be in that wintertime pattern, you know, from December, which is prior, you know, to, to cut off all the way through to the tournament. So knowing that that's a tournament that I could go and work hard and still utilize some of the same things that I learned 30 days prior was was important, and I knew that. So I'm going to go over there and I'm going to spend as much time as I possibly could where I had multiple areas. And I, and I literally 100% grasped the whole the whole two-thirds, lower two-thirds of the lake. I mean, yeah. I, had, I, I didn't get a check at all, but I grasped two-thirds of the lake. I put seven, like 60 hours on my motor <laughs> over the time I was there. I had to get around. Wow. 60 years, I think mean, it might be more than that. 60 hours idling around. And so, you know, it's just, I think it just, called, uh, I mean, it came down to obviously things had that, or things went right. But there's absolutely no doubt that the time that I put in to that lake and knowing that place so well, um, it, I mean, I basically just became a local. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, We've talked about it on the show a million times, Pete, and and there are times when that pre-practice can really, really help you, and I think it did for Jake here. And there's times, times when it could hurt you, and, and but but in this case, I think it I had to get help. It, it, it hurt me enough to kill you. Right. Right. Yeah. It does. You're you're 100 correct with what you said right there. If you have too much, too much to go to. Sometimes, like in pre-practice, you only have two and a half days or in practice, you only have two and a half days to, to fish. And what ends up happening when you're practicing and you're pre-practicing for a long period of time is you get got you get on a little deal and you go out there and you catch them. You're feeling good about it, and you got this thing in your mind. When you come back, you're gonna check this thing, okay? Whether that's throwing a you know a Demiki deal or throwing a buzz bait on you know on shallow grass, whatever it might be. Then you go back and you spend a third of practice messing around with that and when that deal's not working, you just spent a, you know, a, maybe a full day or half a day yeah. messing with that technique, yeah. trying to make it work rather than just letting the days you know, unfold how they unfold and trying to dissect the lake and know what's going on. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like You're right. I think, And I think it hurts and helps you with information or helps you like with prior knowledge of the lake and it hurts you too. So it's a catch-22, and, and there's yeah. no doubt. Like um, sometimes you can have too much on a body of water, and it can spin yourself out, and you don't know. You know, you just, it's hard to do it all. Yeah, it can, it can go either way. Now, I want to, I want to change topics a little bit, and and there's been, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, of talk and controversy about this, but I want to bring it up, and I want to give you my opinion live on it. You know, and uh, and and recently, Pete, on we had a BU live, and mm-hmm. we had Randall Tharp on, and he gave some good opinions of, of his version of it, uh, and, and it deals with, you know, I think it was the second or was it the third day, Jake, where you you jumped in another boat, and and I want to I want to give you my opinion and say, kudos to you for knowing the rules and, and, you know, utilizing that 
to take to help you take the win. Because I, I'm gonna put my I wanna jump back. I didn't know about that. Role. I didn't know about it either. And I wanna I, I wanna tell you that I've been in that situation in my career a bunch. And I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have had the wherewithal to go ahead and do that. So, uh, you know, I mean, there's been a lot of controversy behind this. But for me, there's no controversy. You know, to me, it's awesome for knowing the freaking rules better than 99% of the the pro anglers, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that was definitely it was it was controversial because I mean the fact is that it, it, I mean I mean I'm going to be honest, 100 percent, a lot of it it just I played by the rules. I called up Trip. Trip said yes. I went out there and I jumped in the boat and I won. And there's a lot of jealousy because of that. Yeah. When you're successful, simple as this. When you're successful, there's going to be a lot of hate. It's going to be as simple as that. And there people are going to look for things to drag you down and pull you down. And yeah. that's just something they grab hold on negative. I mean, I call people out 100%. Right now, there's a lot of people that are going to try to be negative about that situation that is completely within the rules. Anybody can use it. It's even for anyone. And at the same time, it's just the fact that some people are Debbie Downers and they want to do They want to sit there and they'd rather see people fail than somebody succeed. Yeah, I I I I agree with you, and uh, and, and you know I I think in my career, Pete, I think I've had shit. I don't know. I want to say close to ten to twelve times where you know I've been in these similar kind of situations. You've had a few protests. I've had, <laughs> dude. I've had a bunch of protests. I've had disqualifications. I've had, uh, God, I the list goes on and on. I've taken in my time. In my almost 20 years doing this, I think I've taken at least 10, 8 to 10 polygraphs. I've been through the ringer the same way, you know? And I think a lot of it does revolve around, you know, the fact that you're young, you're different, you're successful. And that that causes friction among a lot of more traditional you know, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the right way to say it, but but I agree with you. Uh, I, I agree with you. There, yeah, yeah. Well, it was impressive because, as I recall, Jake, you had 13 pounds when you made the move, and they think that's because I was watching the live, and and you weighed in 17 pounds that day. So that that was an incredibly effective way to solve your problem. I mean, it, it is amazing, and and I wonder. How much did you have to pay the guy that you got in the boat with <laughs> that day? Actually, believe it or not, believe it or not, you went so crazy about that. Is I, I made four calls, four calls to four individuals that were fishing that day. Um, you know, Mark Daniels Jr., Annie Montgomery, um, Mark and uh, Adrian Avina, and then Dustin Connell. Dustin was the first one that I seen on the water, um, but all four of those guys tried to call me back. Um, and try to make sure I was okay. You know, of course, we couldn't talk about anything on the water, but they called me back and said, hey, I'm fine, you're good to go, uh, you know, done with that. But all four of those guys would have been 100% were on the phone trying to make sure I was okay to take care of it, you know, to come down there and, and to help, you know, come to your somebody's aid. And, and that was something that was so cool to me to see that because, you know, when you're out there, you know, there's got to, you have a few friends, and, and you can't be friends with everybody. It's simple as yeah. that. 
you pick a handful of the people that you really enjoy and that are nice to you that you like um, and enjoy being around, and those are the people that you stick around. Look, I mean, we, we're out here trying to make a living. We're trying to figure things out, um, and it's so crazy. Um, you know, I had about probably 14, I think I had 14 and a half pounds on my scale at that point in time. So, I mean, it was it was not ideal. I had a couple two and a quarter pounders, and to be able to pull up and fish with Dustin um, and call, you know, Dustin was struggling that day, and he said, dude, take the dang reins, let's go. You know, he was struggling. He hadn't caught a whole lot. He had two fish at that point in time, and I was like, dude, I know where tomorrow. You know, simple as that. And so he's like, let's go. So it was it was sort of cool. Um, and, you know, and he ended up, ended up catching, you know, a decent fish as well along the way. And I caught him. I ended up catching two, but called out a couple of really good fish. And I called out a couple of small fish that really, you know, ended up uh, going a long way. And there was no doubt that I would have never won the event without that. And that's so cool to have those people, yeah. you know, out there really being able to, yeah, you know, guys, well, looking at that, and, and having your back. Yeah. That's so that, important. That, that again, that that was a key key part of the event. That was a key part of the strategy. It was a key move. It was like like any other game. It was a key move. And kudos to you for knowing the rules. Becky, did you have a question, real quick? It, it's kind of like a general question statement that I want to make. Jacob made the right decision. He he followed the rules. He was able to get on the boat with somebody. Yeah. I my question is. How does this change the game, though? You should be able to keep fishing. If something happens to your boat or something happens, you should be able to keep fishing. Yeah. That is correct. Yes. But you change the game for the other person whose boat you got on. That's true. So say that guy was in 100th place, and then he watched someone like Jacob who knows what he's doing yeah. and he's fishing, and you change him, and all of a sudden he jumps up right. in points. Right. And then that guy that was on the bubble for, like, 50th. Right bumps to 51st and right. he doesn't make it to fish it's just one of those things that changes the game and i true. think it's something that bass has to think about for for the for the guy who needs a boat it makes perfect sense but you also change the game for the rest of the field right it's just a question mark it's a statement yeah like should there be an extra boat right. waiting for that yeah. that guy who might have an issue like right. why well, should that, the rest of the field that's a great, possibly get all that's a that's a great comment and and again you know what i think is going to happen is you know this will be brought to you know, this is going to be talked about here in the next year, and the rule. Jacob, you just made your own. The rule may change. <laughs> I've got like five rules after me, so you know, you're going to have a couple here in a little bit, which is okay. You know, it's okay to make your rules. What's so crazy about that? And I and I would actually 100% agree with you, Becky. And that's the thing is, I didn't really even like the rule prior to that, but I'm not going to be stupid enough not to use a rule when yeah. it can, when it's you know legit. When yeah. like, right. hey, if this is a rule, you know, hey, at the end of the day, it's like, hey, if I'm used to catching five bass, but the tournament says, I, you know, we can keep eight, am I only going to keep five bass? No, I'm going to keep the full eight. I'm not yeah. going to be stupid about it. Yeah. Um. So like for me personally, I don't think the rule is that great. I could have called. I could have had. I actually had some batteries on the way. I had some things that could have get taken care of. But it was the quickest way to get back on the water, the most efficient. You know, I might have been able to swap those batteries out and make sure these things get taken care of mechanically. Got some stuff taken care of, and it might have given me another. You know, I might have lost another 30 minutes, but I still gotten back out there. But if that wasn't an option, then I probably would have had another opportunity to figure that out. So mm -hmm. it wasn't like, you know, for that particular thing, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing because at the end of the day, like, yeah, I used it. Yes, it was a rule. Keith Combs won an event down on, I think it was on Falcon or Amistad or something, I believe. Um, he had the exact same thing happen. One of the, He had a mechanical issue, was able to jump in the boat, fish with Clark Cream. It was something that's happened prior to. It wasn't right. an issue. 
um, until this last time. It was a lot of it was because of Bass Live. There's so much around it, so much tough talk about this around that uh, around that that rule because obviously, I mean, and I knew obviously me having a Bass Live camera in the boat, I thought it was going to be pretty interesting and pretty cool. But at the same point in time, I knew there was going to be a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people saying stuff. But you know, obviously at the end of the day. You know, regardless of how it helped me out, uh, I, I agree 100% with what you said, Matthew. It's always, uh, you know, there's every point matters in this uh, this deal throughout the season. Every point, every fish, every ounce. Yeah. And there's times where you know you could be on Kentucky Lake and someone breaks down and someone jumps in the boat with that guy and you go out there and you hook a bass and you keep that school fired up and those both those guys got 20 pounds. Yeah. There's no doubt yeah. that there can be circumstances. That that rule would benefit two guys in a boat, or like you said, where one guy that had no clue whatsoever, not in that circumstance at all. Dustin definitely knew what was up, but you know, if one guy had no clue in the different circumstance, and the other guy showed him what was up, um, you know, it could be a totally different game. And definitely, there could somebody could miss the classic, somebody could you know miss the, a check, um, and, and and that all matters. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've got a solution to the problem in general. And we, it, this is an easy fix. If you're watching, I think Boyd Duckett should buy us all a backup, a backup boat, boat and pay drivers to drive <laughs> the backup boats. <laughs> so, uh, Boyd Duckett and Dave Smith, if you guys are listening, <laughs> we all need backup boats. All right. We all need backup boats. All right, Jake, you know, we do a normal thing here. We have a rapid-fire question on Ike Live that we do to all our guests. But we're going to switch it up a little bit. And uh, we've got a very special guest that came in. He actually beamed in from, like, ten galaxies away. And uh, he, he, was, he was doing the premiere over at the Oscars, but they had that mess up, and then he went back home. But now he's here in the Ike Live Studios. We've got a cameo from the Stormtrooper. Joined us all the way from the galaxy called And he's here with us. And um, we've got something really interesting. And, and I, you know, like I said, I've been through this. God, Pete, how many times? At least a dozen times I've been through it. And I've, I've, I haven't been through it with a stormtrooper. So this is the first. <laughs> but our stormtrooper tonight is going to be giving you the Ike Live polygraph. Stormtrooper, how you doing tonight? <laughs> Sounds good. Stormtrooper, how are you? Fine, thank you for asking. Okay, it's good to see you, Stormtrooper. How's, how's, I know, I know how's, it is. how's space doing? It's fine. Jacob? <laughs> okay. Jacob Vila. How are you? Okay. <laughs> and and just to preface this, just to preface this, Jake, we've got our very own Brian the Carpenter has set up, and this is based on your voice response, and he's got the reverb set perfectly, so we know what whether each statement is true or false based on our our good. reverb. So, Stormtrooper, go ahead. I will handle this inquiry. Okay. Jacob, place your palms upward and wrists upward exposed (laughs) so as to detect pulse and perspiration. (laughs) Do it now. May I start with... Do what now? Place your palms and wrists upward so as to seize them. Lay them on the table, palms up. Palms up on the table. Thank you, Jacob. May I first acknowledge your perfectly white teeth. 
<laughs> as well as your lateral bicuspid that is of the highest genetic order. <laughs> What's that, a forehead? What? Lateral bicuspis is the canines. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, some say you have been less than honest on the polyglyph test administered to you by the Bass's Minister of Truth, Trip Verdin. <laughs> this examination will put to rest the question some may have to those accusations. Are you ready? Are I'm you? ready, let's go. <laughs> yeah. First, we will establish a baseline with simple questions that you must answer yes or no. Now let's begin. <laughs> Is your name Jacob Viela? Yes. <laughs> Do you professionally angle? <laughs> Do what? <laughs> Do you professionally angle? <laughs> Do I professionally what? Angle, angle. Angle? Yes. Anger or angle? Are you a professional angle? angler? Yes. <laughs> this is going to be difficult if that wand was hard. <laughs> is your profile name on Grinder Pink Pork Chunk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah! We got that one right on, on, the, on the reverb. That's correct. <laughs> We are still doing baseline questions, Jacob. <laughs> Is Dave Mercer funny? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's true, too. <laughs> then. <laughs> thank you. Then you are toying. Is your mind on your money? And your money on your mind. <laughs> what are you doing? What? Then he is touring. Yes. Touring. This is his question, Becky. I didn't get it. I didn't. Sorry. Thank you, Jacob. The baseline has been established. First question. Then on tour, do you purposefully drive through the rain puddles and splash people waiting for the bus? <laughs> <laughs> no. Second question. Did Dave LaFeba once upon a time borrow both gas money from you <laughs> and offer up used soft plastics as restitution? <laughs> 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 Third question. Did you whilst slaying Cluiston Sniz ever cross swords with Scott Martin? <laughs> cross swords? Cross swords. What? what? Yeah, I, I will ask it again and then I will rephrase if you need. Did. <laughs> Okay. Jacob, did you 
while slaying some Cluiston Sniz ever cross swords with Scott Martin? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> to which part of the question? The closest and sleeves or the sword crossing? Sneeze. 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 Okay. Fourth question. <laughs> Do you wish your live bell hole was bigger so you could jam Randall Fobb's head into it? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, what now? Do you wish your live well hole was bigger so you could jam Randall Thorpe's head into it? Yes. <laughs> what did I not know? Last question. You are a gambler, correct? Yes. Would you bet at your current rate of success and other stuff in one year's time... You will be more hated than the Iconelli. And what do you start? Probably so. <laughs> wow! Very good. That was the reverb. That was the I, reverb. I have the results. What are the results, Stormtrooper? By my observation... Jacob Villa has been truthful, but to all of one question. <laughs> which, which one? He did indeed perpetrate deceit upon us. Then <laughs> asked of crossing the swords with Scott Norton. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Oh, no. Wow, man, Stormtroopers, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for flying uh, millions of miles for that polygraph. We appreciate that. That's right. Wow, man, that was the strangest, weirdest polygraph I've ever heard. And I don't think... Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't think you could be more hated than me. I don't think that's possible. As long as he keeps winning, it's possible. Thanks. Hey. Uh, yeah, if I win two more tournaments, I can guarantee you. Guaranteed. Oh my gosh! Wow. I'll beat your I'll beat your, poly, I'll, beat your I'll beat your protest and polygraph record in a year's time. In a year's time. <laughs> <laughs> it took me twenty Here years you. to get to that. You're gonna beat it in a year. That's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I got yeah. Exactly. If wow. I never caught a bass the rest of my life, you'd never hear about it. If you ever catch a bass? Yes. Yeah. You know how it works. You know how it works. I I think you should probably get a part of your practice sessions. You should get yourself a polygraph test machine. Yeah. So you can practice. Well, I always thought. <laughs> you know, yeah. You know what I thought? You know, they always tell me I'm the most polarizing angler next to you. I thought I'd be all of a sudden just come out there with like the Darth Vader costume on and just fish out of that thing in the tournaments from now on, man. I would, I would try it. I would try it. I hey. think, it, I think it'd be a good look. <laughs> I think it'd be a good look. Hey, Storm. That's right. <laughs> uh, Jake, before we let you go, I got to ask you, uh, what out of the next four or five events coming up? Pinpoint one that you're the most excited about. One, man, I, I, you know what? It's just sort of a, it's sort of a, the next four events are going to be really good, I think. But I'm not, 
I'm excited about Toledo Bend because I think it's just one of the best fisheries in the country yeah. right now. I, I mean, I, I I didn't make a cast today, but I, I just know that this place has got more bass in it than and so many big bass. I mean, um, I would say this one, and I would say Champlain. Obviously, Champlain is just Ooh. another great, you know, I would say top ten fishery in the country. Yeah, that is, that's a good one. I'm gonna have to agree on both those choices. I like them both. I like them both. Uh, once again, man, I, I, I want to congratulate you on the win at Cherokee. Phenomenal win, uh, dominating on a on a technique that's that's new to mm-hmm. most of the country. Uh, p- pretty awesome, pretty awesome to see you do that. And uh, and want to wish you uh, good good practice, Toledo, man. Don't don't put it up in the woods yeah. like I did at Sabine a few years back. <laughs> Keep it in the water. Sabine. Yeah. You you didn't do that on Toledo though. You did it on Sabine. I did it on Sabine, right? but it's not too far downstream though. So <laughs> <laughs> hey, you were trying to get to the, you were trying to get to Toledo to the Toledo Dam. I was trying to get up the Toledo Dam to get some <laughs> real fishing. Yeah. Uh, I figured that. I love it. Uh, Jake, thanks for joining us tonight. Congratulations again on your Cherokee win. And uh, I have a feeling we're going to talk to you again on Ike Live <laughs> before the season's out. You're going to probably win another one. So congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Nicely done. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Jacob Wheeler, everybody. Man, I'll tell you, that Stormtrooper, man. He, Dave, what do you think about that Stormtrooper? Yeah, man, he brings the truth. Dude, he br- he. every time he's on the show, he's not on every show, but he just... He brings out the best in people, especially those Tuesday shows. He definitely doesn't come to those ones. Definitely. Well, we we learned we learned the truth, <laughs> and that he he did cross swords and he wants to jam Randall's head into right. live well. Right. We I, also he also came out of the closet with his grinder uh, ID. Right. <laughs> right. Pink pork. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, Beck, did you want the backstory on the Randall thing? Yeah. No. So we just had, we had Randall on the last BU live. Yeah. Randy came on. And we were just talking about the situation. And, and you know, Randy just, it's his opinion that it wasn't right that that happened. So, you know, again, that's what needs to happen. You Rand, know, Rand, to Rand, Randall, about. Yeah, Randall said that he was in the same position and he did get into somebody else's boat, but he didn't fish. He just transferred his fish. He he just sat with the other guy while he fished, and he felt and, like it was the wrong thing to do to fish gotcha. with the other guy. So you know, hey, everyone has an opinion. Yeah, I agree. I liked your your. I I think it affected the outcome of the tournament. I think the rule needs to be examined. Yes. You know for sure. Uh, but I you know because yeah, he didn't break a rule. He didn't. He did not break a rule. But I think the gray area there is the event is altered. Ultimately, mm. it is altered. And the rules should be such that the event is not altered unfairly for any of the competitors yeah and uh and i saw i think for that from that point it needs to be examined what about the guy that ran two hours in the sabine river and nobody else is around him and he breaks down right right he has no recourse right and no help and he's out yeah yep. you know yeah. So we the should the probably talk to the minister of truth trip weldon about this probably the should. minister of truth. that was good, <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> the other thing tharp said was he spends a lot of time and puts a lot of effort into keeping his boat right yeah and that's a part of the game right, right. so what, what 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 was the issue with jake's boat that day was it a battery issue he, said he batteries. says batteries I heard him say batteries mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be Know what kind of batteries not to get? <laughs> what if they were lithiums? Well, he could have been unplugged. Yeah, the ones shell. not the you ones you mean? don't There's charge. So he probably right. he probably true. put a whole season's worth of work on them before it even started. That's true. So every battery that ever wound up in Stockle's boat. Yeah, <laughs> they instantly die. Well, when their uh, lithiums go, I mean that's it. Nothing works. Real quick, I want to tell you something funny. As that that, that stormtrooper interviewed ended, 
had a uh, message from Mark Zona that said that was the best interview ever. <laughs> so, shout out to Zona if you're watching tonight. He's watching. It was pretty good. Uh, hey, Tom Stormtrooper was looking for a job, man. You know, <laughs> fast live. Come on. Yeah. Hey, Z, if you're if you're watching. You Pull up on a jet ski, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> wow. If Jacob Wheeler couldn't understand the Stormtrooper, yeah. you'd really be screwed. No, I could do Southern Stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, let me remind everybody. Let me remind everybody watching tonight. Thank you for tuning in to Ike Live. It's been an amazing show. Uh, Want to remind you once again, we got a special promotion: Mystery Tackle Box, fifty percent off your first first box. Uh, what is it? Ike Live. Uh, what's the promo code, bro? Ike Live. Ike Live. Ike Live. That's the promo code. Yep. Uh, what a riddle. <laughs> yeah, and, and they get their name. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> they get their name thrown in the hat and uh, get a chance to win a signed shirt and box for signing up now. Contest is open until March 14th. Sign up. Yes. There'll be two winners. Yes. There'll be several winners, too. Yeah. Cool. Right. Uh, Beck, why we've got you cornered on the casting couch, give us an update on uh, Ike Foundation. What's going on with the Ike Foundation? we got a couple of uh, big events coming up. Yes. What do we got? Well, so we, we, we had our scholarship dinner, yes. which everyone knows, um, and we will be giving out five scholarships at $1,500 each to Very some nice. well-deserving individuals, and hmm. the scholarship applications are rolling in, which is really exciting. Um, we also have the children's tournament coming up in May. Mm-hmm. Don't let me mess. Is that is that the seventh or the eighth? I'll give it to you July right now. Give me one, one is, second. I think it's the seventh. How can they How can they register? If you go to the IkeFoundation.org, you can register online there. May and it's 7th. free. It's a free event. May seventh. May seventh. It is free. Cooper River. Just go register. Um, we're only going to take <coughs> two hundred kids, so make sure you get your spot reserved. You can also um, sign up as the adult chaperone there, just so we know how many adults are going to be chaperoning the kids. Super simple. Go check it out. It's going to be a great day for the kids. It's going to be bank fishing. Don't bring a boat from the bank. Fishing away. Fun tournament. Prizes stuff for all the kids. Um, food. Drink, Best shopping stuff. cart. Yeah. Catch. Yeah. Well, it's Cooper River. Yeah. Body parts. <laughs> leg. Weird stuff it coming out of there. It might be like shopping bags. They just found a leg in the Delaware River <laughs> yeah. up by where we live. Did they really? Yeah. It's amazing. Speaking of Delaware River, another Ike Foundation event, year two of the Celebrity Pro-Am. Ike Celebrity Pro-Am, July 8th. And that's 8th. July 8th. You can register right now, right? Yes. Go to ikefoundation.org. Yep. You can sign up. Yep. Brian? You, yes. you having a you having a second round at it this year? Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave yeah, okay. Dave, will, Dave will bail on me last month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're the reason they 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 had a horrible tournament. It was See, the thing bailing. is, you know, I know the river. Yeah. But because I haven't been out there forever, because I don't have a boat anymore, yeah. and all my opinions will be rendered mute. Yeah. So I don't know who I want to fish with because I well, know Brian's the, not going to listen to me. Here's the thing. That's, that's bullshit. We, don't, we, we did good out there for years and we yeah, worked together. Yeah, here's the thing, though. But we, you'll tell me. I don't, all right. We were talking about this earlier. Here we go. The event this year is a full month earlier. Oh, it's all different. July 8th. Mm-hmm. It's gonna The river's going to fish bigger this year. I think I think They're not they going to be just piled in the creeks. It's going to fish bigger. It's going to be a better tournament, I think, this year. Uh, I think the, there'll be more fish caught this more year. More fish caught. Yeah. Than there was in August. Yeah, that's good. That's Bonus, this year we have a kayak division. We do have a kayak division this I year. I heard about it. Oh, my yeah. God. Where are you launching where, those guys Where is the kayak division? They can division. launch wherever they want. Yeah, ki- the ki- and kayak tournaments, by the way, real quick shout-out to uh, 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 Chad. Uh, we fished with Chad a little kayak tournament a few weeks ago. Um, the kayak tournaments are interesting because in those events, you can launch anywhere you want. 
in the morning, uh, you get uh, they'll they'll still have to come their registration in the morning, and you get a identifier. You have basically a measure, a standardized measure, and you can launch anywhere within a radius of the official takeoff point. So let's say it's 15 miles. And when they catch that fish, they put it on that roller. They have to get a picture with their phone of that identifier, and they send it in to a Torny X app, and it verifies their catch. Damn. And they go by their five biggest fish lengthwise. And the only thing is they'll all have to be back at a certain time at, at, at Cooper River. Um, Delaware River. De- Delaware River. But they can track their catch through this app. So it's really cool that, you know, a guy in a kayak, you think Delaware River. Holy shit, I'm not taking a kayak on the Delaware River. But it's, I mean, they can literally go up to, say, uh, Trenton. They could go. What are you giving those guys? Uh, they'll have a, there's a separate prize division. But let me tell you, for a kayak tournament, it will be a really big prize. You know, like a really big prize. Most of those kayak tournaments, it's you win a trophy and a pat on the back. And this will be we'll have a we'll have a nice prize for those guys. So huh. it'll be a good event. We'll have more That'd of those details coming up. We've got to work yeah. out some of the kinks yeah. with that. But there's some really cool stuff associated with that division if we all if we get it all worked out. Yeah, it sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. I've heard you click that pen for two yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep the show going. Uh, and we've got uh, man, we've had some amazing guests on the show tonight, Pete. We've had two tournament champs. Yeah, two tournament champs. Timmy Horton with an amazing win on Lake Okeechobee. Uh, Jacob Wheeler with, with a great win with a new technique. A little bit of controversy sprinkled in there. Never hurt anybody. Uh, and now we're going to go from two Bassmaster champions to another champion here in New Jersey. Uh, and, uh, and, and we're going to talk to Wayne. Once again, I think there's two shows in a row, Bri. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is it. And uh, joining us now via Skype, the one and only fellow Jerseyite, Wayne Morris, everybody. The Wayne train has arrived. Hey, Wayne. How you guys doing? How you doing? Like, good to see you again. Thank you. You're <laughs> good show so far. Thank you. Thank you. You're starting to become a regular on the show. I like it. I like it. Me too. That's awesome. Well, you're looking good. The hat's looking good tonight. Have you been fishing at all, Wayne? I have. I was night fishing tonight. Uh, I went fishing yesterday. And uh caught a nice three to four pound bass yesterday. It was awesome. Awesome, awesome. Do you want to, do you want to give a location away to all our viewers and listeners? Or are you going to just give it a Lake X? Burn it. It was on uh, Newton Creek in Collingswood. <laughs> Woo! Burn it down, Burn baby. it down. <laughs> Burn it down. We've gotten a lot of experience, Dave. Newton's one of our old stomping grounds from yeah. the old Top Rod days. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's funny, dude. I don't think anybody fished that until us, but God, you can't convince them Barrington guys of that shit. Isn't that funny? Yeah. We well, I don't New- know how. I mean, Keith Keith, Keith Cowan would have been in maybe fifth grade when I was fishing that place. So I don't know how he yeah, can yeah, take any No, but he still it. started it, and that's his lake. Right. So. That's because there was a Burger King next to it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Keith. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, then. I'm sorry. That was, that was a dick then. thing. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Wayne, the one thing I, I'm noticing right away, and I know we're only a couple minutes into this this Skype call, but I don't hear the smoke detector tonight. No, it's not in my room anymore. Oh. Okay. In your room. Yeah, it was in my room. <laughs> like, do you live at home? I do. Okay. 
Judging by the in no. my room. Been <laughs> removed. Gotcha. It's gone. No more smoke detector. Oh. I, I have a note. I, I just heard it. <laughs> I heard it. What was that? I heard it. I think I did hear it. Uh, I have a note here, and this is pretty exciting news. Um, is it true that you just purchased a uh, boat? I did. Cool. Yes, on uh, Friday. Awesome. Congratulations. What what kind of boat what kind of boat did you go with? What do you got? I got a thirteen foot V hole. Uh I don't know what kind of I don't know what brand boat it is, but it was uh an old boat and someone's kid moved to Florida like a year ago and they had it sitting around and I had the money for it and so I'll buy it, thank you. <laughs> Nice. That sounds like it was meant to be. It was one of those meant to be situations on there. I love it. Uh, you, you know, Wayne, for those of, of we got a lot of viewers and listeners now that uh, they've seen you two weeks in a row now. And uh, give, give them a little bit of backstory <laughs> besides the smoke detector. Give them a little bit of backstory on, on you know, who you are and, and you know, and, and your journey. Uh, well... I've been fishing my whole life and watching bass fishing on TV on Saturday mornings, like, say, you guys did when you were my age or younger. And uh been watching the Bassmaster Elite Series and watching live. And the more live I've seen, the more I'm just like, I got to get to that point, be able to fish that. And been working every day towards getting into a club, which we joined Five Alive Bass Masters, I think, two weeks ago from today. And then we got a boat and registered. And uh, today we are officially ready to go for this weekend at Assumptic Lake is the opener. Yeah. What lake? Ooh, what know. lake? Assumptic. Assumptic? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it confuses me when you say that word. <laughs> That'll be a good one. That's some pink. I I I did. I, you know. I don't know about yeah. I don't know about the information rule, but I'll just give you a little hint. Make a right out of that boat ramp <laughs> and yeah. go to the very very back where that grass is at. That would be a good hint. Uh, take take us uh and th- and these are these are notes that come through our amazing uh, staff here at Ike Live, and we've got one note that says take us to a typical day. In your life, Wayne, what what's a typical day life uh, like in Wayne's world? Uh, well, my alarm wakes me up at 5:45 in the morning, and uh, <laughs> then I decide to get out of bed at six. I get ready for work. For 6:30, I gotta leave, take a half hour ride to get to work, and I begin building homes at 7 a.m. We take a half, 15 minute break at 8:45. Go back to work at nine. Go back on break at eleven thirty. You forgot your Facebook three Facebook lives by eleven thirty. <laughs> yes, when we go break, we go live. We <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let them know what's happening. <laughs> How many cigarettes do you smoke by eleven? Um, by eleven, I have like one when I wake up, one on my way to work. One when I get to work, just to make sure I have enough in me. <laughs> but when I take my first break, I might smoke two or three while I'm on my lunch break for a half hour. And then two cigarettes on my way home from work. 
Wow. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm not going to deny that cigarettes are no good, but uh, it's what gets me by right now. <laughs> I heard it. Yeah, I, I heard it too. I, I, yeah, I, I would, uh, you know, from the sponsor front, I would look into the tobacco industry. Camel. <laughs> <laughs> Or like the oxygen cart uh, bed, <laughs> bed and the stuff. <laughs> that might be a healthier sponsor my, option. Uh, my buddy tonight, I went to his his dock. He lives on uh, Kirkwood Lake, and so I put my boat in the water, basically in the dark, and went and I went to his dock and received my live well from my buddy. Uh, he built it, but then he took it apart to give to me for some reason that not together. So I have it here in uh, all the packaging next to my bed, and uh, I have to put it together. It's an odd <laughs> one that took it, put it together and took it apart. I don't, I don't understand that. I can put it together. All right, Dave. It sounds like the trolling motor that you chopped a long time ago. Yeah. Oh my where you at, Bros? Chop my head off right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like that conversation that we just had with Jacob Wheeler, though, uh, with the sharing a boat with someone if yours goes down. That's it's a new thing. I had never seen that before on any bass fishing in the ba- uh, Elite Series before. Is that like a new rule for this year? It's crazy. Yeah, I think the rule has been in there for a little bit. It has been. Yeah. What do you think? Should we keep that rule or should they throw that rule out? I think that rule needs to go. All right. Well, there you have it. Wayne. Good comment. Individual tournaments is individual tournament. Wayne, I have a question. If you're immune to that smoke detector that everyone else hears, do you have, like, a different, like, smoke detector that tells real smoke that you might hear that one? Because you don't hear the one that everyone else does. Like, how do you sleep with the smoke detector on in your room? Chirping. Like, how's that happen? How do you sleep with that, dude? Uh, It was only in my room for, like, two days. But it's in your house. But it's still there. Well, it's a different one. I don't, that's I don't one down the hall. It, to be honest, I got a laptop. I watch like a lot of uh, YouTube videos of the Elite Series. I got fishing on my TV at the same time, so like my mind's kind of occupied. I don't even know that it happens. I would love to live in that realm where I don't hear that, dude. You know? That's awesome, Wayne. Good for you. Hearing it. No, I, I, right now, yeah, there it goes. There it goes. <laughs> when I'm at work, there's you know hammers and bang and all kinds of stuff. So a little smoke detector, I don't, I don't even hear it. So Wayne, we understand you went through some really crazy like health things recently. Uh, you care to elaborate on that at all? Um. Well, from a week ago of. I think Saturday was my birthday, that Saturday. Uh, a year ago from that date, I was a Chinese delivery driver for a year and a half. And prior to that, I have 10 years of delivery experience. And uh, I quit my job at that, got the current job I have. And two months after I started working that job, I had a double lung collapse and was out of work for three and a half months. Wow. And, do, um, do they encourage you to smoke after your lungs collapse? <laughs> uh, yes. No, they told me to stop, but uh, it's kind of like the Gerald Swindle theory. Uh, just do your job, and I'll take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nice, Wayne. Uh, 
it's good, I, uh, sound yeah. sound reasoning. Gerald should strategy. have blood on his hands. <laughs> good strategy. I wonder why. Denied cigarettes are bad, but I could be doing a lot worse things than just cigarettes. So. Well, your lungs would say otherwise. You gotta love the law of unintended consequence, though. So Gerald comes up with that little nugget. Little did he know that a guy who had a double lung collapse would use it as motivation <laughs> to continue smoking. <laughs> PMA, baby. PMA. <laughs> I love it, Wade. Good PMA. stuff, buddy. Uh, we, we've got uh, we've got a couple Facebook questions coming in, and and the one is from a uh, I'm I'm assuming a female viewer of the show, Whoa. and she wants to know: Is there a Mrs. Wayne right now? Are you single? Are you married? Engaged? Dating? Wayne Morris is currently single. Wow. Okay. And uh. When I'm not at work, I'm most likely fishing, and so my day is pretty filled, and uh, something like I don't really have a lot of free time. Do you have any good recent hookup stories you could share with everyone? <laughs> so if you're a lady a who likes fishing and smoking, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of there are a lot of female anglers now. I mean, I see a trend in in women fishing. Right Wayne, now. any any mini Waynes in the horizon? Uh, not currently, no. Or Little Wayne's. <laughs> <laughs> no, there won't yeah. be a Wayne the third. Yeah. No, no Wayne three. Yeah. All right. Cool, Wayne. Yeah. That was, that was interesting. Thank you. Right. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's us for tonight. <laughs> Take us home, Mike. <laughs> All right, Wayne. Uh, appreciate you joining. Uh, will you join us next show? Also, can you go? Were you willing to be a regular on on Ike Life? Would you do that? We, we can do that. <laughs> Look at Becky's face. Wow, okay. Well, we appreciate that. Where can people find you other than the ER? Yeah, Wayne, if, if we've got... We've got Facebook, uh, Wayne Morris. Wayne Morris on Facebook, they can follow you. In the collapsed lung department. <laughs> <laughs> in the emergency room. Okay. Everybody watching, if you want to follow Wayne, go to Wayne Morris on Facebook, and you can follow Wayne every day and, and check out what he's doing. Wayne Morris. Junior eighty four on Instagram also. Okay, here we go. Cool. Very nice. Can the Ike Live show afford him? Maybe he has a high appearance fee. I don't know. I have well, in mind my, my Instagram I, is designed to exactly show my journey from going from <laughs> a delivery driver <laughs> to to possibly fishing the Elite series from the bottom to the top. I love it. I love it. And that's great. What's great about it. Instagram is you can chronicle that stuff. So it's pretty awesome. Yes, it is. I see it happening. I do, too. We're it's getting possible. there. It's possible. <laughs> Wayne, everybody. Wayne, thanks for joining us again. Wayne Morris, everybody. Good Have man, a Wayne. good night. Thank you. <laughs> wow, I love it, man. Wayne, I tell you, I like Wayne being on the show every week. He provides good insight yeah, into man. what's going on. So. <laughs> Unique perspective. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Becky's trying to gain her senses over there. She's texting me the whole time. She's like, why? 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you, you can sign us out there. I don't think we have many people left. <laughs> yeah, I don't know after that. Uh, real quick, do we want to catch up? Are there any last-minute comments, Eric, or questions? That You're going to suffering. We want to catch up on yeah suffering uh, suffering show suffering New York show coming up this weekend. You're uh, gonna be there. I'll be there on Friday. Gerald Swindle will be there on Sunday. I don't know who they have there on Saturday, but it'll be a good show right up the road here. Awesome. Uh, come check me out. I'll be talking uh, fluke fishing and uh, punch shotting. And uh, what else you got? 
Eric, anything good come through? Any no, last everyone minute was just questions? going crazy about Wayne. They want a new segment on the show, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Oh, yeah, I like that. Ooh, the end of every show. Wow. Well, if you check out his Instagram, it looks like you can get that. Yes. <laughs> <Wayne> <laughs> On demand. Junior <laughs> from Chinese food delivery to Bassmaster. Wow. Yeah, bottom yeah. to the top. It's pretty awesome. Double uh, lung transplant recipient. <laughs> <laughs> Let me remind everybody watching tonight. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, and, of course, IkeLive.com. Uh, you can watch the best of on Bassmaster.com. And if you're listening to us on iTunes while you're there, please give us a good review. It'll help out. Uh, also, Pete, I want to thank everybody involved in tonight's show. Wayne Morris, Jacob Wheeler, and, of course, Timmy Horton for joining the show. <laughs> Pretty awesome insight to their victories. They, they, were, they were great. And Wayne's collapsed long. Uh, big shout out to everybody that tuned in tonight. Thank you for watching the show. You keep the show going. We appreciate it. Brian DeCarpenter, before we tune out, do we have a date of the next show? I think the next show is the Bassmaster Classic. As far as I know, that's all you gave me, bro. Okay, Bassmaster Classic next show. We'll see you in less than a month. Right, back. Bassmaster Classic show. 24th, 25th, 26th. 25th, 20-what? 4, 5, and 6. 24, 5, and 6. Are you saying Pam or Pan? Pan. <laughs> pan. Well, did I say pan? Pan or pan? What are Palm. we talking about? Palm? I don't know. I don't know either. See you at the classic, people. All right. We're going we're gonna to tune out. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Good night, in. everybody. Had a great show. See you at the next one. Good night. Pam. into my mind as the spinning real handle winds and I anticipate the strike this is my life if that creature with the seven stripes or his green cousin with blotches on the sides would like to swipe I'll always be there prepared for a fight with elite gear ever since I was a weed bear and I've been a seafarer breathing beach air and each nair on a concrete pier subcutaneous the root of my stories are deep here living by the stripers migratory patterns each year slaying from the Gulf of Maine into the Chesapeake Bay yeah. better believe angler nothing's out of my lead, kid. I'll cast in any liquid water body that I see fit. From my hometown on the sound down to the west and east of it, I walk along these inner tidal 